0: This is the Bloom Pod and I'm Taylor Onion and I'm Melissa Lutz each week we bring you an interview with an everyday person who is chasing big dreams I interview the guests for the first part of the show and then Melissa and I get together and recap the main points together
1: with the occasional shenanigans.
0: <laughs> please enjoy this week's guest All right, we are officially underway, and you are excluding me. You are the third onion to grace <laughs> the podcast. This is very exciting.
2: I am so honored. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm th- you know, the more onions, the the merrier, as they say. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we go back to uh, technically 1992 because that's when that's when you were born, so I was born yep. and you, you just <laughs> I do. I have. Yeah. Just, just barely a year and a few days and you just celebrated a birthday earlier. Well, by the time the podcast comes out, it'll have been a couple of weeks, but earlier this week, now at the time that we're recording, super exciting. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Happy birthday to both of us. (laughs) Right.
0: Go, go January, go Capricorn uh okay but let's why don't we kick this thing off i'm gonna have you share a little bit about your your background and what you're doing and and how you got started with your latest venture which i will leave to you to introduce
2: cool good deal um well i am alex onion uh another onion on the pod um i live in chicago so i my day job is i work in tech i've worked in chicago tech for um the last several years so Really love working in that space, just because of the innovation and um, the ability to kind of build new things from the ground up. And so I've always really just loved that type of environment and the ability to create something from nothing. Um, And so With that, I have always kind of wanted to start my own business, start something for myself. Um, We have a very entrepreneurial family, as you know. So- That we do. (laughs) Yeah, lots of people doing their own thing. Um, So I think that's just always kind of been in my blood of um, wanting to go off and and do something for myself. So um, I never really knew what that was or what that business would look like. I just knew that I wanted something on my own. And so, about two years ago, I started a floral business called Myrtle and Dot, um, and I can tell you a little bit more about that in a bit, but I, um, it got started because I was doing a lot of bridal showers and a lot of baby showers. I'm sure you're in that same phase of your life, too, <laughs> right. um, where you know I had done a couple floral arrangements for parties and just things around weddings and babies happening, and um my friend Sam said to me, "You know, you've got kind of a good formula going. Like you're pretty good at this, and maybe this is something that you could turn into um, something bigger." And I realized, you know, I, I love flowers. I've always loved kind of having them around. You're never sadder looking at flowers, so um, it seemed like a good opportunity to kind of bring joy to the people in my life and the the people in in our community. And so, um, kind of latched onto that and. Started Myrtle and Dot, which is a floral business that's been around for a couple of years here in Chicago. Um, and I, it's mostly you know kind of made-to-order deliveries, um, you know, birthday deliveries and things like that. But have also done a couple of weddings over the last couple of years, um, some events and things like that. So really a nice kind of side hustle, creative outlet that um, has just yeah has brought a lot of joy to my life. So.
0: I should have also mentioned I got caught up on, you know, you being the third onion, but I should have also mentioned that this is like the first official bloom related guest, that would That's say. That's
2: true. I know. I was going to say I love the name of the pot cuz yeah, double meaning there.
0: Right. It's like a yeah. a new meaning for for the bloom pot. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm going to have you tell, I I know a little bit about Myrtle and Dot and kind of the background and, and why you named it what you did and kind of yeah. how, um, I guess the inspiration for it, but will you share a little bit with the listeners about why the name and, and how does it relate to, you know, floral design or creativity and all that?
2: Sure. Yeah. So um, Myrtle and Dot is a nod to my mom and her mom, my grandma. So Myrtle was my mom's, uh, nickname in college, Myrtle Turtle. And <laughs> Dot was my grandma. Her name was Dorothy, but everybody called her Dot. So, um, really a nod to both of them as women who obviously have inspired me in my life. Um, but I think also have struck a really great balance of finding success in their own right in their careers and kind of out in the world, but also, um, both super domestic, super creative, throw a great party. Um, so my mom grew up um, in St. Louis with with her mom, and she was always throwing huge parties. She always hand sewed everyone's Halloween costumes. She um, worked with the the local school and built these huge parade floats and wrote plays for the local you know elementary school kids to do. And so just very very creative. Um, and and engaged in the community in that way, which I just always admired her for, was that she was able to use her creativity to kind of connect with other people. Um, And my mom started her career in in, um, kind of an executive role in HR at the American Medical Association, very male-dominated office, um, kind of rose the ranks in that role. And so I always, you know, looked up to her from a career standpoint. Um, But also from a um you know i I was always inspired by the fact that she was never afraid to do what her what she was called to do um and so when i was in college she actually went back to college too and got her um master of divinity degree so now she's an ordained minister um and so she just really always inspired me to to you know it was never too late to do the things that you're passionate about and if you're called to do something later in life it's never too late to do those things um and she's also i you've been to a couple of her parties but she throws a good party um there's one that i remember especially with i think your parents were there i, I don't i'm not sure if you were at this one but Um, she threw my dad a surprise birthday party one year that was Jimmy Buffett themed. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so there was a big canoe in the backyard that was the cooler for all the beer and lots of lays and, uh, Hawaiian t-shirts and all that good stuff. So, um, so yes, both very, um, driven and successful women that, um, were also just very creative and inspiring in that way too. So So the whole business is really a nod to them and um, the ability to connect people through flowers, but also, um, you know, be very career driven, which is something that I'm passionate about and, and um, to build community. So
0: I don't think, I think you're right that Austin and I were not present for that party, but I can tell you that there were, I think your mom must've made themed uh, like Nate, like Jimmy Buffett style name tags. And I think that my mom still has hers like stuck to like one of her travel bags. And, and I just, you know, the pictures and every, it was, I remember them talking about it after they, they came back from the party. That's funny.
2: Heads through and through.
0: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. That was, that was a fantastic party theme. But when I think about your mom and your, and the house that you grew up in specifically, I, that's like, I mean, to me when I'm thinking of like domestic bliss and just like aesthetically pleasing you know, domestic vibes. Like I'm thinking of y'all's house and we're, and every year at Christmas time, when my mom do our best to make uh Christmas cookies. And I say, do our best because the standard is what you guys do. The Chicago onions.
2: (laughs) Well, that's (laughs) very kind. You Guys have some good Christmas cookies too.
0: <laughs> they're they're pretty plain, I'm gonna say, compared to <laughs> compared to what y'all do. But even, I mean, every single year we're making cookies, and she goes to frost them, and she's like, uh, Alex wouldn't be very impressed by these. <laughs> <That's>
2: <laughs> certainly not true. It's it's really a taste and look ratio. Ours look good, but yours taste great. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is true about Christmas cookies that because yeah. you, you can get some better that look really really wonderful but they are just so, so on taste. But I'll I'll say that you, you're not, that's not the case for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, so I I mean you you mentioned that you, you know, kind of got started because you were going to bridal showers, doing these different things. So I, I mean people were just like, hey, can you make me some flowers? Like what even what about the floral piece got you, you know, interested in that
2: creatively? Yeah, I think um, yeah, I that was kind of what people came to me for during those parties was, hey, we know you've done this for a couple of other people, can you do this for us? Um, and I think it just kind of clicked with me too. Of I was in a spot in my career where I was kind of like, oh, I'm not really loving this. I don't really picture myself doing this for the rest of my life, and I was kind of seeking something. Um, to at least fulfill a creative void in my life at that point and then you know I, I had always wanted to start some sort of business and so that kind of was a light bulb in my head of hey maybe this could be something that I could do long term um, but could also just kind of fill this creative void for the time being while I'm still working a full-time job um, and so it just kind of took off from there and I think you know, it's been a couple of years at this point, and I still am trying to find that balance of, you know, this is something that I really love to do and I am I am passionate about flowers in general and it, it feels like it's kind of filling that creative void with, I know I want to kind of scale this and build this long term and build an actual business off of this so um, you know, I, st- I think I'm still kind of finding that balance of I don't want to turn something that I love into work that doesn't feel fun. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, it hasn't turned into that yet. It still feels like this great gift that, that I have that I'm able to kind of give people something that makes them happy throughout their day. Um, and, and especially at the size that I am right now, really collaborate with people on what they're thinking. So um, this, this last summer I worked with a woman who was doing a baby shower that was uh, cutie themed. So it was all Clementine oranges, cuties. Um, and so I feel like I'm still at, at a small enough stage where I can be really collaborative with her and kind of take her ideas in with mine and we can really work together to make something fun and, and do something creative together. So, um, you know, I, I think I'm still kind of trying to figure out how to scale that long-term, but, but it feels like it's, a, it's in a good spot where we can still, you know, kind of work together and feed off of each other.
0: I think I need to know more about the cutie theme what does that I mean how first of all when you're thinking of themes I'm not thinking of you know food if I if was it would be like a specific you know like a circus theme or right. you know yeah. if it's a different country or something like that but cuties feels very specific
2: yes yeah um yeah it was not one that I was expecting either but it actually ended up being really fun um we ended up drying a bunch of oranges and putting them in the flowers um she got a bunch of kind of orange flavored candies that we scattered throughout the event um we did some big like I I don't know if you've seen on on my Instagram I have um kind of half hoop wreaths that Mm -hmm. I'll make so we did a bunch of bigger versions of those that kind of looked like oranges um so it was fun that I always loved working with dried materials so i was like oh this would be a great opportunity to use dried fruit um but then she came to me with oh and we could you know we could build these wreaths that kind of look like oranges and i was i saw those on your instagram so i was thinking that we could do that too and so we both were able to come to the table with ideas and make a really fun and creative event that yeah would not be your typical baby shower by any means
0: right that's awesome That is awesome. Um, you just launched your website recently. You've had the social media stuff going for a while, um, yeah. and you just launched, uh, your website. So, and, and the other thing I was going to ask you too, is as far as you mentioned Chicago area, but yeah. is that only downtown? Or are you, you know, is there suburbs at all? What's kind of your range of, of local deliveries?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, right now it's pretty wide only because my parents still live in the suburbs, so I am grateful to have a lot of their support and a lot of their kind of network. And, um, you know, we're obviously very connected at church through my mom working there and, um, have lots of lots of customers there that want to support Myrtle and Dot. So, um, so yes, definitely in the Chicago city proper, but also most any suburb, um, I'll deliver to as well. Um, but yes, our, our website just launched. So it's Uh So two dots in there. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a long time coming. I I was dragging my feet on it for a while just because, um, I, well, you just revamped your website too. You know, it's a lot of work. It is, it <laughs> um, is. I am certainly not a coder by any means. Um, and there are so many tools that make it easy now to put a website together, but but it's a lot of work. Um, but, you know, I I obviously wanted to make it easier for people to put in orders if you can believe it I was using Google Forms before which is not ideal (laughs) Um, or just you know people calling and texting me which all still works too but um, you know it's 2021 time to let people put in an order on my website (laughs) Um, and you know I think I what I didn't realize as I was starting to build the website was all of the kind of nitty-gritty back-end things that I needed to figure out along the way of um you know this was really an opportunity to get my paper but my, my business paperwork set up correctly and you know all the te- fun tax stuff <laughs> and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um really get things set up properly so that I could have an online presence um so I think that's kind of why I was dragging my feet on it too was just you know this was just kind of the fun side thing that I did for a while and now it's like okay well, let's be serious and get right. with how we're gonna fill this out so um but yeah I. Finally launched it um, a couple weeks ago, and I'm really, really grateful for all the support that I've received so far. It was a, a scary launch just because it makes everything feel more real, and um, you know, like I said, I'm not a coder, so I was afraid things were going to break <laughs> when it launched, and it hasn't so far. But um, yeah, I've just had a lot of great support from day one that made me have more confidence to to make this happen. So
0: nice yeah it took i mean when i i started i used squarespace and i think i had a free trial back in april some point and then i didn't launch until november 1st because i would tinker (laughs) with it and then work would get crazy and then my classes and so finally i was like okay i'm gonna set a deadline and then maybe i'll be able to get this thing off the ground
2: yeah well it reaches a certain point where like i should not be paying for the subscription if you're not gonna launch the dang website yeah so
0: yeah. Yeah. And it, for me, it took me that long. Like whenever my trial ran out, then I was like, gosh, should I go back and mess with it again? And then I finally convinced myself. And so it is, yeah, it is, it's no joke. It's, it's quite a process.
2: Did you design your own logo and everything? Or how did you do do all that?
0: I did actually, I used Canva um, right. and just tinkered with stuff for a while. I had kind of an idea of what I wanted it to look like in my head and went back and forth yeah. for a long time. And then one day the, the microphone within the onion just came to me and I was like, ah, this is this is gonna be it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm impressed, looks very professional.
0: Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, so I wanna ask, we, we've talked a little bit about where do you hope that, that Myrtle and Doc goes, but I wanna ask, before we get into kind of the last uh, couple of segments, you describe yourself as the hashtag domestic feminist
2: yes <laughs> and I want to
0: know a little I mean I can you know draw my own conclusions of course about what that might mean but from your perspective why the domestic feminist?
2: yeah I think it's um it really started with kind of a recognition of who I am as a person and what I value in life and I I have always seen myself as a feminist I am very career-driven like I mentioned I um you know, social justice is really important to me. So, creating more equity across the board, not only for women but people of color and um, the LGBTQ community, I um, have always just been very passionate about fighting for social justice. Um, so, I've always kind of known that part of it and the the feminist side of things. But, um, and I've always kind of shied away from the domestic side of things because it felt like it kind of was a, a clash with with being a feminist. It's Um, you know, if you're a feminist, you shouldn't be staying home cooking and cleaning and making a nice home. And, you know, that's what women have always been expected to do. And um, so it just felt like that was in direct conflict with my desire to, to be a feminist and take up that space in the world. Um, And so I think that really occurred to me in building that hashtag of the domestic feminist. Um, it came to me as kind of a reclaiming of both sides of myself because at the end of the day um i love to cook and i love to make a nice home and i love to decorate and i love to do flowers and i you know i love all of those kind of feminine sides of myself too um and so this was really me acknowledging you know i don't feel put on to do all of those domestic things it's really who i am and it's where i came from and it's how my mom and my grandma raised me and it's it's um, something that I, I like about myself. It's not something that I should be ashamed of. And so um, really kind of calling myself that and, and making that hashtag was kind of a reclamation of, hey, you can do both and it's still okay. And it's, um, I guess, a self-acceptance of it.
0: I think that's, a, that's such a crazy thing about identity because, and I was just talking to somebody about this earlier today, when we You know, like when you're thinking about being a feminist in this case is what I'll use the direct example. When you're thinking about being a feminist, then it's like, oh, you're out on the front lines and fighting for justice and equality and all those great things. And you're never at home and you maybe don't even want to have children and you don't want to make a family and, you know, all these things. And if you're domestic then you're the opposite of what a feminist is right like you don't you just want to live a quiet life and make nice dinners and and you know fold the napkins for the guests and yeah. and yeah. I, I think it's it's the the thing about identity is that people it's important for everyone to realize that we have multifaceted identities and that right. it's okay for all those things to intersect and that's what makes you know all of us so uniquely ourselves and people I think get afraid to uh you know attach themselves to more than one identity for whatever reason it's like mind-boggling right.
2: to me right well and I, I think that comes out of having to fight against a lot of those stereotypes for a long time of course yes. so, you know it's not the only thing that women are capable of but um you know at the end of the day we've all got to eat we've all got to live somewhere um and so I, you know, I think I started to recognize too that a lot of those things that I'm doing domestically are my way of showing love too. It's, you know, that's, I love to make a nice home and make nice meals and have nice flowers because that's my way of showing like, welcome to my home. And I, um, I, I want to create that space for people that, that, um, that builds community too. So, um, so yeah, it's 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 definitely a balance for sure, and lots of stereotypes to combat. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, feels good to kind of be able to give yourself the deep breath of you can have both of these and not feel guilty about either.
0: <laughs> right. Have you seen? There's a series that came out. I want to say last summer um, with Kate Blanchett and a bunch of other fab- fabulous names, actresses, actors, and actresses. And it was called I want to say Mrs. America.
2: Oh. Yes, yeah, yeah, about um, Phyllis Schlafly.
0: Yes, Schlafly. Yeah. I couldn't think of what her name yeah. was. Yes, that's yeah. so
2: good, yeah.
0: So, so good, and such a, I mean, that, if you're thinking about the clash of those two words, that series perfectly describes the the battles on both sides of, you know, that that whole kind of argument, women should be in the home, women should be in the workplace, Equal Rights yeah. Act, all that stuff. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's a great example of, of you can't be one or you have to be one or the other, not both. Right.
0: um, The the irony of that series to me is that Phyllis Schlafly was saying, she's the, you know, kind of the, the godmother of the domestic woman who should be at home and should be preparing meals and should always be dressed to, you know, the, the kind of the appearance. And at the same time, she's saying, you know, that women shouldn't be in the workplace and all these other things. And she was literally the face of this, campaign and organization and was out in congress and out in public and campaigning and literally working
2: working or tush off yeah
0: to to put forth a message that women shouldn't be working so it just was a crazy i mean just a crazy uh
2: i know uh,
0: yeah anyway yeah
2: Yeah. well and those things are so much different too when you know, there's a big difference between choosing to be domestic and, and the expectation that that's all that you will be. And so I think that show highlighted that a lot of, you know, all these women are expected to fill this role. Yes. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Which is another, I think, great thing about it is that the societal norm or the societal expectation is that we, you know, if you want to build a family, then that's your focus. Then you're no longer the career woman or the feminist or whatever it is. And again, I don't think it needs to be mutually exclusive. That that's just a difference in expectations. If you want to, like, if that's your calling and you want to be, you want to stay at home and you want to be with your family, great. If you don't, great. But let's just, I mean, a lesson to the world in general, right now, like, let's just all do what we want to do and just be happy for each other that that's, you know?
2: Right, well, and I mean, let this be a call. Men can be domestic feminists.
0: Yes, absolutely.
2: Come on board, right? We'll show you how to cook in the kitchen. We're <laughs> happy to do that. That's right. So.
0: It's a it's a hashtag for everyone.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. So with that, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna you know move into the the last couple of of phases or blocks of the interview, so to speak. So, next question is, and you've touched on some of these things, but what is one experience or maybe a series of experiences that you feel like you've had that, that have helped you bloom into the person that you are today?
2: Yeah. Um, I think, so I've talked a lot about my mom's side of the family, but just to touch a little bit more on our side of the family, I... You know, have had such great examples from from our dad's side of the family of what an entrepreneur looks like. I think you know, my my dad has owned his own business since I can remember, um, since I was a kid. Your family owns a farm. Um, our uncle Rick and Aunt Jane have their own jewelry business. Um, their son Scott and his wife have an optometry uh, business together. So, I think I have really learned the value of if you have an idea and you want to run with it it's possible and that that will always be encouraged and um that no dream is too big to to go and follow so um i think that's been just not necessarily an experience to answer your question but just kind of a formative way that i've come up in the world is is just knowing that um you can create something from nothing and um you know, learning the value of hard work, we, we are a family of farmers and and your family especially knows that, that, um, that there's a lot of hard work that goes into building something from nothing. And so I think that's been just a part of who I am too, is is just learning that that value of hard work, um, and grit and, and determination. So I think that's one thing. Um, And then more recently, I guess, in my career, I have been really fortunate to have a couple of great mentors in my um in my full-time job that um just women that have encouraged me to take up space and learn new things and have um put me in situations where I am able to learn which I think is a very underrated skill of a manager is to kind of get out of the way and let your direct reports um you know kind of take up space and in, in rooms where they're gonna be able to learn something and get exposure to um you know higher ups and and just new ideas and um so i think that's been another experience that i'm especially grateful for is just having that mentorship um and especially working like i said in in tech i am grateful for that experience as it kind of translates into building a business in that um I've been able to learn how innovation works and how funding works and how startups happen, and so um, I think that's been very formative and, and has translated more into what I want out of the rest of my career and, and the rest of my life more than I originally realized. So, has
0: there been has there been any piece of advice along the way that really stands out to you?
2: Um, I think. I I don't have a succinct quote around this, but I think the kind of theme throughout has been do things before you're ready. Um, And you're never gonna be ready to start something new, and you're gonna be holding your breath until, you know, if you're worried about what are people gonna think, or is this gonna work, or um, I don't know anything about starting a business and I've never done this before. Um, you know, there, there's an endless list of things that you can talk yourself out of doing the things that you want. And so you're never really going to be ready to start something new until you just start it. So that's kind of what I've led with through starting Myrtle and Dot, especially is I just kind of launched an Instagram one day and wasn't really sure what I was doing. And I didn't have a business plan. And I, didn't have a website and I didn't, um, you know, I didn't even really know what it was going to be when I started the Instagram. And, and, um, I just knew that I needed some sort of creative thing in my life. And so I said, okay, I'm just going to put this out there, see if people respond, see what kind of feedback I get. Um, and that's happened every step of the way that's, um, you know, I'm going to put this website into the world and see what happens. I'm going to, do a wedding for the first time and I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to fake it till I make it. So, right. um, so yeah, I think that's been the theme is just to, to do things before you're ready to do them.
0: I like that. That's good. Uh, okay. This is the final, the quick peel round, as you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> so first one, this is an obvious one. Favorite flower.
2: Ooh. Okay. It's hard to pick. I, love all of them so it changes every day but ranunculus is my my common favorite um it's a kind of small flower but it comes in almost every color so you can kind of make it work to whatever you're you're doing um and it's just a very happy flower i don't know Long stem. It's um, hard to describe without showing you. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but ranunculus are my
0: favorite. Ranunculus. Have you? Did you see um, Parks and Rec? And specifically the episode where what's his name? Um, Tom Haverford. They're like oh. in the community garden, and he's just making up names. But they're like <laughs> oh. rapper <laughs> names. Yeah. Wait,
2: he's like. I don't- Remember that one i'm pretty well versed in parks
0: but yeah i'll have to go back and watch that one yeah <laughs> leslie is like oh tom's really good at this stuff tom what are these called and he's like oh yeah those are p diddies and um <laughs> those are some ludicrouses <laughs> over there ludicrous <ludicrysanthemums>. like <laughs> just making stuff up as he goes along yeah go back <laughs> yeah okay second one favorite book
2: Ooh. um I think my favorite I've read recently is The Great Believers, Um, so it's about the AIDS crisis in Chicago specifically, and I think I just obviously connected to it because I live in the neighborhood where it took place, but also a really good story of um, characters that you don't typically hear about in AIDS crisis stories, Um, so yeah, local connection, but also just really well written and great story.
0: Okay, very cool. Third question is another obvious one for any Chicago resident. Deep dish or thin crust?
2: Oh man. <laughs> You're gonna get me on the hook here. I'm gonna get in trouble. <laughs> thin crust. Okay. And and that's not to I love a deep dish pizza, but I only have it a couple times a year. It's a cheese casserole. It's not pizza. <laughs> like <laughs> if I want pizza, if I'm craving pizza, I want a thin crust pizza.
0: That's fair. That's yes. fair. You, um, your parents actually sent my parents a Lou Malnati's frozen Ooh. pizza
2: for yes, Christmas. Right. I forgot and, about
0: that. Yeah. Oh man, did we, specifically me, I don't know if anybody really appreciated as much as I did, but we enjoyed that.
2: Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes, no shade at deep dish at all. I will eat it anytime, hands down, but typically it's a, it's a thin crust.
0: I can, I'm, I'm on board with that because I think when I do eat deep, when I'm craving a pizza, I'm craving Pizza, but when I want to eat deep dish, then like that's what I yeah,
2: it's a whole other thing.
0: And I couldn't eat that every Friday. And every Friday is Pizza Friday. So like one out of every, you know, <laughs> 10 might be a, a deep dish pizza. I'm the same way. <laughs> All right. Um last one is what is your so you mentioned from, from a domestic standpoint. So I have to ask, do you have a favorite um home decor brand or home? Uh, appliance I don't know Uh, (laughs) something a favorite brand to do with the home
2: yeah um let's see well there's a store in LaGrange where my parents live called Whisper Me Home um and they are kind of farmhouse vibes and um they have a lot of antiques there um they get a lot of cool like antique schoolhouse stuff so they have old desks and um chalkboards and stuff like that too. So they have a lot of fun stuff. Um, So I'd say that's one that I've definitely decorated a lot with in my house. Um, My favorite cheap alternative to home decor is H and M home, Mm. um, which a lot of people don't know exists, but they have a home line and it's really cute stuff for very cheap. So that's another favorite.
0: I did not know that existed. I'm going to have to check that out. All right, this is the fill in the blank. Onions are.
2: Oh, man, I was thinking about this all morning. <laughs> um, um, I am going to have to say onions are hard workers because our families are hard workers, obviously. From a an onion family perspective, we are hard workers. But the food's a hard worker, too. It's in pretty much everything. Um, soup, salads, put it on a burger, put it on a hot dog. Um, the base i'm vegetarian so especially the things that i'm cooking it's the base for pretty much everything so they're working hard they're not quitting
0: i love it i love it that's a good um what do i want to call that a good well-rounded uh description <laughs> of of onions thank you i like it i like it well alex thank you so much for for hopping on talking about Merle and dot and so many other things today i appreciate you taking the time
2: well thank you for having me this is fun
0: Yes, the third, the third onion, and, and hopefully not the last one. We gotta give, keep keep the onions coming on here.
2: <laughs> I'm proud. <laughs> all
0: right, all right. We'll see you next time. Sounds good. Stay tuned for the recap of this episode with my sidekick Melissa Lutz.
1: Wow, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling ready to record a podcast. <laughs>
0: I now feel like we should start every recap that way. <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> oh, man. Ooh. This is a <clears throat> a classic Taylor Melissa mix-up that we are recording recaps
1: out of order, but that's okay. We are going to persevere, and we're going to roll through it. Um, thank you for so positively saying it's okay because i feel like (laughs) (laughs) this is really throwing a wrench into your plans
0: (laughs) only in that the editing process will now go backwards but that's okay it is it is okay it's not really throwing that big of a wrench
1: okay thanks for always being so kind about my blunders
0: (laughs) (laughs) well as i told you i'll take partial um partial responsibility because I almost I sent you one interview three times and then I sent you an additional interview and as luck would have it you did not click one of the three (laughs) that I I first sent you clicked the final one that I sent but again
1: most recent yeah
0: yeah but that's all right and to
1: be fair you did text me saying did I just send you the same interview three times and I was like I don't know so I just assumed and that was my own fault you know what they say about assuming (laughs) They say, don't do it. <laughs> uh, did you assume what I was going to say there?
0: I did, yeah. You took an alternate an alternate route. Mm. Good. Um, Keeping you on your toes. You are. Alex Onion, my cousin, Alex Onion, part of um, who, what we call the Other Onions, the Chicago Onions. I don't think you should admit that. Why? The Other Onions, it makes them seem like the outcasts of the well, family. They refer to us as the Other Onions as well. Oh, is it like your
1: dad has one sibling?
0: He has three, but he has two sisters and one brother.
1: So, we're oh, the so only... they are the only other onions. Cause... Yeah. Yep. Okay, that I feel I feel better now. I was like, <laughs> don't disrespect our guests. Like <laughs> right. No,
0: not a disrespect. It's like when we. It really the only time we call them the other onions. I feel like is when we're writing thank you notes and we address them to the other onions, because okay. it's weird to put like the onions because we're the onions
1: you know why don't you just sign your names i'm saying on the address
0: envelope like you put their their name ah anyway (laughs) that's that's (laughs) neither here nor there (laughs) we're getting off track right um it was so much fun to catch up with my cousin alex onion uh, especially because she just had a birthday which is also very exciting she's a january birthday capricorn just as we are i like her even more Mm -hmm. i liked her already yeah she's uh 29 so she hasn't hit the 30 mark as as we have but this time next year she'll
1: be there she'll be in the club Mm -hmm. in the meantime she's in the the capricorn club yes we have lots of clubs (laughs) a club for every season (laughs) yes hey um here's what i'm curious about You've been holding out on this lady, holding out on me with this lady. I lived in Chicago for a long time. I didn't know you had a cousin that was doing really cool things there. We could have been friends. What I literally
0: heck? I literally was thinking about that as she's talking through Myrtle and Dot stuff and as she's talking through Chicago Tech Startup and all those things. And I was like, huh, why did I never connect her with Melissa? Because I do feel like you guys would, <laughs> would get along.
1: She seems like a great lady. I think I'll really enjoy her company.
0: Well, if you ever move back to Chicago or if Alex ever moves to Denver, which I don't see happening, but, you know, I'll be sure to I'll be sure to connect you.
1: Well, Alex, if you ever want to do like a long weekend getaway to a new city with someone who you've never met in person. (laughs) I'm not proposing that, you know, we spend every waking moment together. That's (laughs) like, you know, that's daunting. Um, But if you ever come out to Denver, let me know i think that should should, be around
0: yeah that should go for all of our guests if you're ever in denver or tampa we would love to to hang out
1: yeah hit me up at mel lutz on instagram i thought you were going to give away your email (laughs) my phone number is (laughs) Nah, just Uh, slide into my dms at mel lutz it's like mullets but mel lutz
0: And now that we've got that cleared up. (laughs) I think I just got like two new followers. (laughs) Did you? (laughs) Um, The very first note that I have is domestic feminism, which is what, I mean, obviously it's the title of this week's episode and it is what stood out most to me about
1: our conversation. Yeah. I mean, I definitely made big notes about this circled, underlined, um, because that is also it, it, her mission in her like passion work is very aligned with what my passions are so um I kind of want to like dig into that a little bit deeper with her so Alex come to Denver <laughs> Um, but I'm interested to know more about like what she's doing in her day-to-day life to support those mission that mission to fight social injustices because I think that's really cool and Um, very admirable.
0: I think that, I mean, you know how much I love to talk about identity, and so I think part of the reason why it stood out so much to me, and I've been honestly thinking about it since we did the interview, because I think she, the way she phrased it was, you know, it was kind of a reclaiming, like these two kind of polar opposite um, identities with, with when you think of someone who's domestic, you're not thinking of someone who is, you know, out on the front lines and fighting for whether it's social justice or LGBTQ rights or whatever it may be. And when you're thinking of a feminist, you're probably thinking of all the things I just said, but you're not thinking of someone who loves being in the home and loves making, you know, a beautiful home and wants to make beautiful dinners and all those kinds of things. So the fact that she's like, well, I don't have to be one or the other. I can be both of these
1: things. And that's me. I'm a domestic feminist. Yeah, I like that. And I think that's the funny thing about stereotypes, right? Like mm-hmm. if a stay-at-home mom says that she's a stay-at-home mom, people just assume weird things about that, like right. about what their life entails. And right. that is one p- one tiny piece of who they are as a human. Um, we all have like multiple passions and things we're interested in and things we care about. But once you use one descriptive word or one title to describe yourself, people just assume all these things about you but we're much more complex beings than that and right um I mean if I were to turn my camera around and show you my bedroom right now you would not think I'm very domestic it's not in you know (laughs) the peak of cleanliness right now but like I consider myself domestic too I like cooking and I like you know making a nice home but I don't think that's something that I you know openly share I don't talk about it all the time so we all have these like layers of things (gasps) onions we're onions (laughs) (laughs) I just had an epiphany right on this podcast
0: (laughs) I saw I wish people could see the face that you just made as you were realizing that
1: (laughs) very big eyes mouth slightly agape Uh um but like I don't know. I think we're, like I said, we're just complex people that have so many things going on. But when people ask us about ourselves, we like categorize ourselves in like one to two groups. Mm -hmm. which Isn't an accurate representation? Right. So many things. I'm, um,
0: as we were talking through this, and really since I did the interview, I've been trying to think what would my, um, what would my hashtag be? my unique hashtag of these, of, you know, maybe two or more worlds that I consider to, or or I would consider myself to be at the crossroads of, but I don't know what it would be. Do you have an idea of what yours would be?
1: No, I was just thinking really hard about what yours would be. <laughs> um, I think it'd have to be a string of hashtags for you. It's like, I'm an onion in every sense of the word. I'll make you cry with laughter. Uh, I got layers. Um, I'm a hard worker, deep rooted in uh, family and friendship and relationships. I don't know. I'm really, I'm really snowballing with this um, onion. You are. Analogy. You're going for it. Anology? I kind of feel like you've just written a
0: new bio for me that I should should potentially, you know, employ.
1: Ooh. Speaking of bios, this is unrelated. I don't know why I'm sharing this, but <laughs> I um, was on a fellow friend, started a podcast called the Spreading Good Podcast. Ah, yes. And um, the episode that I was on is going to be going live, I believe, next week. She asked me probably a month and a half ago to write a bio or to send her a bio and a picture. And I don't know why this was the most daunting task <laughs> She emailed me like three times about it. She's like, just a reminder. And finally, yesterday, she's like, All right, I'm editing your episode now. Can you send this stuff to me in a much kinder way? Like, she's the kindestly sassy person on the face of the earth. But for some reason, and this goes back to the identity thing, I had such a hard time just summarizing who I am in like four sentences. So I'm like, Well, but I'm also passionate about this and I also like to do this and I also really care about you know my family and my friendships and I don't know I I guess that went full circle that wasn't too big of a divergent from no (laughs) you bet at home yeah divergent um just want to put this out there it is early morning and I'm still having my coffee so (laughs) apologies (laughs) i feel like the theme for the past couple of episodes has been like we need coffee (laughs) Um, Um, Just gathering my thoughts here you know just want to apologize on the i'm I'm just gonna sip my coffee um
0: i was just gonna say something and i can't remember what it was oh i think you know what um as you were talking about your bio and what i would imagine it to be i what popped into my head was um balake and the millennial millionaire because Mm -hmm. i would i think i would put you in the category of i I think i would start it off probably by saying melissa lutz is the generous millennial she is (gasps) passionate she is passionate about xyz loves coffee and not enough
1: i should have contacted you a month ago when I had to write my bio
0: <laughs> it's it's so much easier to write it about other people because when you're writing by yourself you're like well what have I done but you know <laughs> if you're on the outside then you're like oh well this person's done this this and this and it relates here and I feel the same way about editing resumes it's always so much easier for me to help a student or a friend you know kind of tweak or or change or update or whatever their resume but mm-hmm. to do it myself I'm like I am I
1: even qualified for this? What do I put? <laughs> what do I put here? I think that's the trouble with like bios and resumes and stuff is like we want to really display who we are and we want people to know our hearts and how much we care and we're put into this job. And that's hard to like showcase in a few sentences and in words like passion. I wish there was a way that you know, um I'm trying to, it was some kind of a robot movie
0: where they would like get knowledge or information by like plugging something into their head. And I wish that we could do that, but with feelings, whether you're in an interview and you're just like, ah, I don't have the words to articulate this, but I'm going to plug myself into you. And now you can feel what I'm feeling and how passionate oh, I am. that Think would be me. cool. A little creepy maybe, but also cool.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I think well I don't think I don't know I had a weird uber ride the other night (laughs) that it was a five minute ride but I sat in the car with him for 35 minutes (laughs) 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 I I asked him a question that turned into a very elaborate story on his part um
0: did he stop the the
1: yeah Yeah. as soon as he got there and he was like, this is kind of a long story. And I was like, you don't have to tell it. And he was like, no, it's only like two minutes. It's fine. <laughs> and I went from being a two minute story to I was literally, he was telling it for 35 minutes and I was a little sleepy, but <laughs> Um, And the premise of the story was his alien encounter. Can I just,
0: in- can I interrupt you quickly to say that I feel like that's how the last five years of my life have felt <laughs> kind of sleepy, but interested. <laughs>
1: Regarding me specifically, or just in general? No,
0: I'm saying like for me the like the last five years of you know from 25 to 30, kind of sleepy but interested.
1: Okay, <laughs> so energy levels are good. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So um, it was just a story about just a story. It was a very animated story about this man's alien encounter um when he was in the navy and he was at sea, and how the uh it was he was getting information downloaded to him into his brain and it was like uh he described it as a siren calling him into the sea this was a true story or a dream that he had nope he he says it's a true story oh so perhaps the technology already exists right you know in alternate world
0: life kinds alternate life exactly what's the word i'm looking for
1: alternate uh, life forms forms it is forms oh great <laughs> i was very confident about that you know another
0: note that i actually had um oh no never mind what
1: that was, that was
0: for, <laughs> it was the first the interview order. that we were supposed to do today <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm, so I'm just, sorry i'm just remembering it won't make sense now um but another note that i did have was about the um cuties theme do i hear a dog barking i'm so sorry i <laughs> that's all right i didn't know... yes you do
1: i didn't know that you had a dog there Two. Oh wow it's a new development wow that's very exciting it's my new my newer roomies from this past year very exciting yeah um, the
0: cuties themed baby shower i think it was
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i in the interview i stopped and and i wanted to know more but i still think that i would really like to see photos of what that turned out to be and maybe i should go look on i, I don't know if she would have shared that on her instagram on myrtle and
1: dot um, maybe you can ask her for them true. I'm that much effort went into it she thought to snap a couple pictures right i would think so let's find out because i'm curious too but i was giggling at just how curious how much this piqued your interest it did because i stopped her mid-sentence like (laughs) cuties i
0: know like i'm so sorry but we have to go back to this because when she said it she was like yeah it was like a cuties theme baby shower and in my head i was like the clementine and then my brain immediately was like no like babies like cute little babies and then she was like you know
1: cuties like the clementines and i'm like interesting i've been to a sweet pea themed shower before so i feel like it's not too far-fetched i'm looking creative i like it now when you say you said sweet pea yeah now what does that entail decorations with pea pods oh like a little baby coming out of a pea pod interesting it is the pea in the pod
0: oh i found something look oh that's beautiful oh very elegant yeah and you know what else i would like to show you as long as i'm in here is these cookies this is why my mom and i
1: (gasps) yeah oh my gosh yeah Those
0: are beautiful. Obviously, listeners, you're not able to see what we are seeing at present, but go to Myrtle and Dot and scroll back until you find the Santa cookies, because that is what Kathy Onion and I are up against each
1: Christmas. And we do not succeed. Um, They are very intricate cookies. And um, judging by the way you paint your nails, I would assume that um, your cookies... Are not the cleanest most intricately frosted you know what's um
0: so funny about that is i i consider myself to be um like an artsy person and and in my head i'm like well i could do that if i wanted to but i don't have the patience but you bring up an excellent point <laughs> about my nails now part
1: of the hey, problem- i have to tell them i have to okay, tell okay. them what happens okay so taylor when she paints her nails She might as well essentially just dip her, the tip of her finger in in the nail polish bottle because it is all over. And I don't understand like, you don't have like shaky hands or unsteady hands. And it's not like your hands are so tiny that the brush is too big for your nail. So like, what's happening there?
0: I don't have an excuse other than impatience. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I don't I don't have the patience to be as careful as I need to be when painting my nails and as a result I have given up doing them on my own and I have exclusively been getting them done for about the last two years which is a nice little what? you know Let self-care treat this it well these are a couple weeks old I don't know if you can nice. see them they're dark but Beautiful. that's is
1: that a, is that a periwinkle?
0: I think we could put it in that category. Yeah,
1: it's like more a really, lilac.
0: Yeah, it's more of a lilac, I'd say. That's kind of my, you know, a light um, pastel blues and purples are really where I go. It really is.
1: Yeah. You love and your blues and perps. I do. Love that color fam. I almost got a navy. Hey,
0: Thank those you. are beautiful.
1: I got my nails done too. I never have my nails done. I always look like a little
0: uh, rough around the edges. I, I really like getting it done. And you know what, I'm going to bring this for, full circle and say that this is from like a domestic feminism standpoint. Hey. Like, I'm, you know, I work in sports. I grew up playing sports. And I, do, I don't think typically when you think of like, I don't know, I'll call myself a tomboy or an athletic woman that I'm not thinking of someone who wants to go and get her nails done but i do and i really like it so there's my identity cross for the day
1: there you go that treat yourself sometimes i know it's yeah self-care 101 yeah it's nice to feel good it really is and i get a lot of compliments because you know i interact with people all day i'm like handing them drinks and food and you know yeah when you hand someone food and you've got like short stubby nails with like and you there's all dirt under them i always you know no one likes that you don't want yeah, to I know if and my in- hands are clean i'm just like you know you're doing stuff all day yeah true it could be coffee grounds but it, it looks could be like coffee grounds yeah um so yeah i've decided i'm gonna present myself much more nicely it's for my customers it's for me <laughs> right. it's for everybody
0: i had a cashier checking me out the other day uh and i complimented their nails and they said they had gotten them at
1: walgreens they were like press-ons from walgreens i i was doing those for a while wow but i work with my hands a lot and there were a couple times where i'd like hit something and And it it would pop off off and fly like in the air and a customer would be like what is that (laughs) And i I get embarrassed so i stopped doing that i started doing the the dip i really like the dip oh they didn't
0: ever go into the coffee did they
1: no, no, no. Okay, good. <laughs> Not that I know of. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, that I always true. found them.
0: Yeah, a hazard to avoid. Probably mm-hmm. good that you've moved to the dip. Anyway. And I would always.
1: The awkward thing too is I'd always like get I was embarrassed, so I'd like <laughs> stick it in my pocket real quick. But what I also do is use my pocket as a wallet. So irresponsibly I just randomly stick my credit cards in my pocket as you know mm-hmm. so there's been multiple times where like I go to pay for something and I pull out my card and then a nail comes out with it and I that's when I was like all right I gotta <laughs> I gotta stop doing these press on <laughs> I gotta have a new system here <laughs> yes it's not working <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: boy um what other notes I feel like I've shared my notes what other notes do you have oh let me just um
1: access them um oh I so to her floral business um Myrtle and Dot I think it's been interesting on this podcast like talking to people who are searching for their passions like really working to turn what they care about into a business and then there's people like Alex that kind of fell into her lap like she was just like I just like flowers and making people feel loved and then people started asking me and paying me to you know uh do their events and um I kind of love when those stories happen and you know they're a little bit of an anomaly and not to be expected because I feel like so many of us are like working really really hard to turn our passions into a business but it's really cool sometimes it feels like serendipitous that she's just like i just like this and it turned other people that fe- or like read her passion and like yeah could see how much she cared about it and they're like i want her to be a part of my event right hey you're good at this come help me yeah yeah and i also really like that she's like not forcing it to be more than what it is like mm-hmm. it seems like she's content in it being her like passion side hustle um Whereas I think a lot of people see, you know, a passion project and business taking off and they're like, how do I make this my full-time thing? Right. You know, what do I have to do? And there's like peace and contentment and being happy where you're at. And it really just seems like she's like, I just like this for what it is. And I'm not trying to burn myself out on something I really love. So I think that's cool. Yeah, I think so too. She did
0: She did mention, you know, she obviously wants to build and scale it, but I agree with you where I think her patience on it and like you know she talked about dragging her feet on launching a website obviously to build and scale that's a big step in that process but I think it's like okay I I don't and she mentioned this as well not wanting it to go from um, something that she's really enjoying to starting to feel like work which actually is something an early episode that we did um, with Carrie Jo Kelso with the Rosebuds tease she mentioned that exact same thing and and so I think that's a um it's an interesting piece of it all and the patience of okay I'm not in a rush to try and make this a huge thing but I'm just going to take things as they come and hopefully at some point you know I'll I'll get some momentum and and things will continue
1: to build for sure yeah I think it's really cool like yeah letting it grow naturally and authentically yeah Um, oh sorry go ahead no you go
0: I was just going to say that the last note I had was about her fill in the blank answer,
1: which is yeah. onions are hard workers. Yeah, I really think she she displays that, as does your family, and you. <laughs> Thank you. Were you waiting for me to say that? <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I was like, trying. <laughs> I was trying. I'll to just decide. keep filling in the blanks here. <laughs>
0: no i can only see you from your nose down and so i was trying to decide if i wanted to mention that or not
1: oh well you did
0: <laughs> yeah i was just distra- <laughs> i was distracted so i wasn't fully listening to <laughs> oh. to what you were saying
1: well you're kind of like a silhouette you look like i you're know in, like anonymous mode I- so <laughs> i could just see the shape of you and i was like she's not responding so i can- also, are you family. <laughs> Also you. Uh, <laughs> what, if
0: I, what if my voice just changed to um, you know, the shows like like a crime show where the witness doesn't want to be identified and it's like
1: Yeah, I knew him from middle school. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel uh, fitting for what you look like right now.
0: Yeah. I don't know what's happening. The light is is not picking up. You're too bad, lit. Yeah, I think you're right. That's okay. <laughs> um anyway, I appreciated the full Roundabout, and I will say, our recent guests have really been doing that. They're not just leaving it at a fill in the blank. There's always a description that follows the word that they have, or or the phrase that they have chosen, and I'm really enjoying that.
1: Yes, I like Alex's answer. It's very fitting, mm-hmm. um, and a little, you know, more deeper meaning, mm-hmm. and very true. Indubitably, you do come from a family of very hard workers.
0: It's and I think, I mean, she was sharing that quite a bit. That's kind of like um, you know, a way that we grew up, I guess, is kind of amongst these entrepreneurs of people who are, whether it's the farm or the jewelry business or, you know, my my uncle Dave and what he does. And so it's it is it's super interesting. Cause I think really not until one of my parents or probably my mom pointed it out, like, yeah, this the whole family is entrepreneurial. And I was like, What are you talking about? And then we started kind of going through listing yeah the list and it was like oh wow very cool
1: yeah it's a neat it's a neat thing Mm, very inspiring um the other note i have is um her piece of advice do things before you're ready to do them Mm -hmm. and i really really like that because like when you think about any aspect of life i'd love to talk to parents like first-time parents Or when they were becoming first-time parents. Like, do you ever really feel ready? No, but you figure it out. And it's scary and exciting. And that nervous energy, like, helps propel you forward. Right. And I think that is true uh, in the work setting. And, like, I talked about when I was the guest on the podcast, you know, opening a coffee shop. I'd never done that. I had a brief stint working in a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. Um, But you figure it out. Um, you never fully feel ready for the things that are truly scaring you. And I think that's what's exciting.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think, I mean, that can be said for probably anybody who has done anything outside of the quote unquote norm, right? Where it's like, you're never, there's never a point in a, in a new project or in a business launch or whatever it is, or a new job, if you're transitioning to a new job, whatever it may be, or parenting, any of those things, there's never a point where you're like, okay, I am 100% ready. I absolutely know what's coming. Hit me. Yeah, which I and think- two even
1: in like the quote unquote normal jobs, you know, like yeah, starting a new job, any new phase in life, a new chapter is a little scary because it's yep. new. Yep. Um. So I think like trusting yourself that you can figure it out. Um. And doing things anyways even when you're scared is huge because otherwise we're, we're never ready we're just going to be sitting around waiting for a feeling that never truly comes yeah
0: yeah and i think also recognizing that no one else knows what they are doing either is it right bait? um i think that's the thing with imposter syndrome is that we all assume that people that everybody else, you know, knows so much more than us or has so much more experience than us or whatever it may be. And it's just not the case. Everybody, you know, at some point was in the exact same position that we were feeling the exact same feelings that we were. So, <clears throat> oh man, um, I think is it's- Is my a... allergic
1: reaction transferring <clears throat> to you in Florida?
0: I think it is. I just took a, a deep breath and I am embarrassed to say that I choked on my own spit. <laughs> oh breathing's hard it's a concept breathing is hard or maybe it was a cinnamon roll that i ate earlier there's really no way of knowing (laughs) um but yeah it's an interesting it's an interesting concept to consider
1: it is yeah um and especially in you know this day and age where social media is so prevalent yeah and we all portray the best things happening in our lives Mm -hmm. It's easy to, you know, fall victim to the belief that everyone else has it put yep. together and figured out.
0: Yep, it's also easy to I mean, part of imposter syndrome is like playing the victim in our own lives, you know, where we're assuming it's it's sometimes easier to assume that it's easier for everyone else and harder for ourselves. But in reality, that's just not the case. Sometimes it is, but not always. For sure. Um, great well that's that's the notes i had yeah that was the notes i had you uh you want to sign sign us
1: off you know i would love to (laughs) so here i go (laughs) i don't know why i'm always so awkward going into this (laughs) i don't know either but i like it consistently (laughs) uncomfortable
0: like do do you want to sign us off you know i'd love to and here i go (laughs)
1: I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I never like saying goodbye. So (laughs) that's why I think I dilly-dally and drag my feet. But okay, here I go. And that's the way the onion peels. We'll see you
0: next week. We have a super exciting guest, a brand new topic. Uh, We're just, we're kind of, we're coming at you live with these brand new topics in 2021. In the meantime, like, rate, review, leave us a, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how you're enjoying things. And until then, we'll see you next time. Keep blooming.